Right, what else have we got? I think um, off-plan versus existing guys. So there's a whole question sent in here. It's uh, given that you guys are specialists in um, selling units during the build period and, and developing off-plan for the overseas and, and the UK market, you know, what are the key benefits to an investor buying off-plan with or without you guys off-plan in general versus an existing unit or an existing property that's... Uh, that's ready to rent or already rented. Going for that one, Joe, or for me? <laughs> oh, I was actually, I was thinking people are probably fed up for listening to my promise. Yeah, I was going to say, Dave, David, we should, hear, <laughs> we should hear from you a little bit, I think. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I, I think the two investments, whilst I, I accept what you say, that we're, we may come across as specialists in that market, of course, the, the thing with a mature business like ours, which has been doing this for you know, well over 10 years, is and we're building projects all the time is we've got we've got completed stock we've got stock that's just got planning permission is 24 months from completion we've got stock that's six months from completion so our focus isn't just on off plan off plan was the centerpiece piece of what we were all about when we started but we've become a business which has got a very large portfolio of available properties to offer people. So, um, and each different type of investment is suits different people at different times in their investor journey. So I think the inexperienced investor who's, you know, thinking about dipping their toe in the water for the first time in, in investing in residential property, the idea of paying a modest deposit now and then paying some other deposit payments in you know, uniform amounts over the next 16 to 24 months and getting used to the property being constructed and understanding the mortgage market and doing their own research again on lettings management and how best to do that. It's an ideal low-risk way of, um, of getting into that foothold in the property market. Whereas we deal with sophisticated investors who maybe have 10 or 15 properties and their interest very often is, I need something now, I want yield now. Yeah. So the whole principle of what we're about is, is hand-holding our clients and your clients through the journey to building up a property portfolio and, and getting a balance of off-plan, modestly priced, short-term cost implications, but really modest cost implications in the early days and then building up properties that you're going to own very quickly and, and start generating an income from. And, and it's, it's trying to create that balanced portfolio that we're, we're about. And so I, I don't particularly favour one solution or another. There's um, you know, sh a short-term, quick investment in a property to generate yield we can help with, but also the, the off-plan investment is, is great. And if you look at it with a wealth management perspective, off-plan is absolutely fantastic if the macroeconomic climate is strong. So if you've got um, a market where the property market means that you're going to get maybe 3 or 4 or 5% growth in a property asset over the next five years, every year, then just making a very modest pay payment today to secure that price and then paying you know, a couple of thousand pounds a month to build up your deposit to get a mortgage when it's completed in two years time you'll see the property rising in value and that the exponential growth you can get on the money that you're deploying in that payment journey 
is really, really attractive if you create a spreadsheet. And, and that's what we do with our clients increasingly now is, is work with them to explain how this will look in two years' time. And, and, and I think it's, um, it's something that is increasingly attracting our clients to the, the offering we have of off-plan purposes as well. But um, off-plan at the moment, I think, with the market as it is, is a, is a great opportunity. It isn't so good if the property market's falling. <laughs> um, by rights, it's bound not to be. But we've got a really strong fiscal base and investment base. We've got low interest rates, which we remain, we believe will remain low for some time to come because governments worldwide have to keep interest rates low for, uh, for, for the average person in the street to continue. Um, so so it's, a, it's a perfect storm almost at the moment, I think, for, for investors in the, in the off-plan market. Great. Thank you. And I think, um, I think that, yeah, the main thing there is there's another question about interest only or um, repayment. I think, what, and basically what you just said there is, David, is you buy for what your goals are, right? So figure out what your ultimate goal is and why you're, why you're buying and what your reasons are for buying. And then all those other questions will be answered. You know, if you're, if you're 65 years old and you want to retire in two years and you need income now and you've got a massive pot of cash to spend, then you're going to buy, as this question says, a completed house that's already tenanted because that's going to give you income straight away and you're probably going to pay cash for it. But if you're much younger, 30, and you don't need another retirement income for another 40 years or whatever it may be, then you'd be silly to spend all your cash on a tenanted property like that. You might as well pay a small amount monthly, buy an off-plan property and let the tenant pay it off. You would, you know, you don't even know that it's noticed that it's being paid off. So I think, and I get very passionate about this, guys. You've got to set your goals. And then when you know your goals, you can work back from there. So that interest only or repayment, well, um, I think the person's in Dubai. What are you trying to achieve? Do you want an income from the property now? If so, then maybe interest only, or are you trying to pay it off? Is it more of a pension play? Then if it's a pension play, then it should be interest and repayment. So you need to define what you want from it and then you'll answer those questions for yourself. So um, it's also an interesting one there that there's a risk profile issue there because interest only means that somebody's cash flow is better. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to spend spend it. They can therefore use their their cash flow to buy another property alongside. Yeah. So it's all all a matter of working out whether they believe that the macro climate supports buying as much property as possible at this particular time. And if they do, then there is some advantage in having interest only. Whereas if they're risk averse, then really I think repayment's the solution to get the debt paid down as quickly as possible. I mean, we've all come from a background of our parents saying, oh, don't have a mortgage, don't have debt, um, because that was the view 30 or 40 years ago. But I think with low interest rates, You've, you've got to max, you've got to match someone's aspirations and risk profile with, um, with the assets that you're buying and how you're funding and gearing up your, uh, your transactions. Yeah. So there's some complexity yeah. to it. And yeah. I think that's yeah. why it's so important to have a, a good advisor like APW, or, you know, sitting down with you and helping you to, to build a portfolio and matching it with your own you know, your expectations and your aspirations. 
Yeah, and I would I would say at the moment, yeah. you know, it is um again if you believe the the property cycle and and where we are with those sorts of things, then I would say it is a good time. We have got a good outlook of you know four to five years perhaps of good growth. But but even then, it, if property prices aren't growing, people are still living them in them and they're still paying you an income. So even if you're not getting that capital appreciation, yeah. you're still getting a yield. So. Capital appreciation. I mean, you know, prices can go up or come down, can't they? It's irrelevant, really, if it's if the plan is is is, is to buy the asset under its own steam and then take an income from it. So I think fundamentally, but I, I take on board everyone, everything you both said there. I mean, but I've, I'm I'm 49 now. I'm still buying property, but every property I buy is on a uh, is on a repayment basis. That's just my personal belief. But as, as we've said, it's a personal thing. But I just think you know, at some point in the future. I want those paid off and, uh, and then that, you know, you've got the asset and then you've got the income and whether that's a legacy for your children or income in retirement, but fundamentally you, you, know, you need to get this debt paid down. So. And that's good. That's yes. good to hear. That's what yes. people like to hear, you know, that sort of experience and, and what you guys are doing yourselves. So that's, in, that's interesting. And what, so Joe, you're just going to try and get as many as possible, have them paid off as soon as possible. And then, you know, yeah, I was similar to what you've mentioned, you know, started off when I was, 18, but you know, I mean, the the the, uh, the goals move slightly upward, but fundamentally, yeah. you know, the, uh, you know, the, the kind of there's a key number that I want from a, from a pure income perspective of properties that are paid off. So you know, it's the same 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 scenario. Work, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of there or thereabouts, but you know, certainly, uh, you know, but that aside, you know, the fundamentals are that um, you know it's a long term income aside from. Anything else you might have, your business or, you know, what your plans are. I mean, that's just, you know, to have a portfolio of property that will generate long-term indefinite income. Um, you know, I don't think there's much you can argue with that personally. However, you you know, wherever you buy it from or kind of, you know, but fundamentally, you know, repayment, you know, if you can. And and, and it's a disciplined thing, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, it's you know, will you, will you really need that £200 a month or, you know, kind of or, or that bit of income you get each year? You know, sort of almost take the take take some of the pain, and there has to be some pain. You know, it might mean that you have to top it up by hundred pound a month. But you know, in fifteen years' time, when it's paid off, you know, you'll be the one sat on a property that's paid off. You've seen the capital appreciation from where you bought the property look very cheap in fifteen years' time to where you bought it. I guarantee that. Uh, you know, and then you've got the asset and you've got the income. So, brilliant! I love that. Thank you. Um, all right, let's just let's just fire through the last more specific questions on on developments and things like that guys and then i think we'll let people go um here's a good one uh i'm decided on investing with prosperity uh, as the whole setup and support network is exactly what i'm looking for but there doesn't seem to be a lot of choice in my price range of 100 to 150,000 pounds is there more coming yeah <laughs> it's a. I mean, it, it, it kind of relates to um, another question that's popped up about materials, but it kind of dovetails into that. So, but, but yes, um, we are. Um, you know, we're on site on one of our you know sort of current schemes, and then committed on on, on, on numerous other schemes. Um, I think at the moment we are, as a lot of developers are, probably pausing slightly. Um, you know, releasing further schemes. Uh, or moving forward with further schemes um, that uh, based on you know the fluctuation of the uh, the current um, material and labour shortage um, spiking costs 
Okay. And do you, do you see, um, th- there's a bit more on that question. I mean, when do you see, how long do you see that um, uh, that shortage well, and all of that sort of stuff lasting or could, can you not tell? Is it just a case of? Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, you know, it's quite an acute problem, I think, at the moment. Um, but, you know, we've seen some significant price rises. So at the moment, just to give you some, give you a bit of an insight to kind of where, you know, where contractors are, um, you know, we've got, uh, we've got, We've got bricklayers currently on rationed mortar. So you currently you currently can't buy or order more than one metre of, um, of, of mortar, which is about two days' work. So, you know, it's very difficult to, um, to for, a, for, a, for a, a, a bricklayer, for example, or teams of brickies to give you um, a timescale and a cost because obviously the labour cost is the variance. Uh, you, know, the, the, you know, so but if you've got... If you need X amount of thousand meters, you know, putting up when you're on a, you're on a, you know, you're on a one meter ration, it's very difficult. So that's one area of the market that's a challenge at the moment. So mortar, short supply, uh, you know, you're not able to order any on mass ordering. So we're restricted there. And then the trade is down now to sort of typically work in two to three days a week. So, you know, that is only going to compound the problem of a shortage in the market and compound the problem of ultimately pushing prices up, in my view. Uh, you know, we've got timber prices that probably spiked at about 70%. They're probably sort of down now to about 58% increase. So if you imagine the amount of timber and kit that goes into apartments from kitchens, doors, skirtings, floors, uh, you know, uh, it's a big proportion of, a, of any, any apartment or house scheme. Um, we've got uh, containers that were due for the UK uh, redirect into the States because the States are paying about 20% more than the UK are currently. So uh, we can't get anything with any kind of chipboard um, kind of th- that's factored in. And at the moment, you know, we, so we, we, with that again, so that's, you know, building a roof, for example, is a big challenge at the moment. Getting trusses at the moment is a huge problem. So and it's all the little things that, you know, that, that compound the problem. So it's very difficult at the moment for developers to forecast prices. So yes, we can crystallize uh, an exit value uh, and we know what we've paid for the land, but you know the big variance now is 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 the contractor cost and materials cost, both from a labour and uh, obviously just you know securing prices. So you know that there's a lot of developers on the back of that, as well as the PLCs that are now pausing sites, saying you know we need to we need this needs to settle, which is a good thing because it will take some of the demand out of the market, but it will ultimately mean there will be another shortage because it's, we're paying for COVID now. Ultimately, you know developers had a had a good year under COVID, um, you know, as, as, as difficult as that sounds, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, 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 the road networks were clearer, you know, we could get around a lot easier, we could get sites, we could get, we could get manpower to sites, material to sites, a lot of sites progressed very well, we utilised a lot of the, 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 the um, supply chain that, that had got excess um, supplies, but that's gone now, we've had a year of, we've had a year of shutdown, whilst we've used all that stockpile, now we've got no stockpile, and we've got we've got factories in Europe and you know across the world gearing up to to get back to production. But there's a year of productivity and a year of supply chain taken out of the equation. So we're paying for that now. We're not paying for it. We didn't pay for it last year, but we're paying for it now. That is going to be a shortage in materials uh, whilst the market settles. Uh, but to answer the question, I think it's it's you know we've got to believe in market forces. We've got to believe that you know this will. Uh, you know, there's a lot more production going on. A lot of people are ramping up a lot of production. So a lot of that will come. It's a bit like, you know, it's very similar to the oil market. 
you know, where there's restrictions, you know, the prices peak and then, you know, as, as then they start sort of rolling out the barrels, you know, the prices come off again. So I'm sure it'll stabilise, but uh, for the next 12 months, I think it'll be a, a bit bumpy on, uh, you know, materials and the costs. Okay. And what does that mean then for your developments that are, that are already underway? So yeah, you say Mary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, most of that. So, I mean, PD is pretty simple anyway because you use a lot less of the raw materials and a lot of it. I mean, we, we, when we're starting a site, we've pretty much locked down the, secure, the uh, supply chain. So, uh, you know, we pre-order stuff. You can't order five kitchens, you know, three weeks before you need them. You need to be ordering this stuff, you know, 12, 18 months before you need them. So, you know, our supply chain's you know, secure for, for all of our current projects. Um, got no concerns on those, um, and then it will work through on the labour point, uh, you know. But uh, you know, we, 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 we're substantial enough where our contractor market knows that you know that we are a, a you know an ongoing stream of work. If you're a sort of a, a smaller developer or a sort of a, you know someone looking to to secure materials or, or labour, you know, on, on relatively you know low terms or low quantity terms, then it's very very difficult. Uh, but you know, as I say, and we wouldn't commit to something if uh, if we're not um, you know sure of the supply chain and, and, and so you know we haven't got. To, and I, I do think in twelve months, you know, the, the whole thing could have sort of uh, sorted itself out. And alongside that, we do have algorithms within our um, within our um, appraisals, which which work through the uh, the inflationary numbers. And although we've re-inputted those. You know they, they they you know they change the uh, the overall performance of a site, but uh, certainly don't uh, don't make them unviable. Callum, something that would be quite interesting for the listeners to uh, to hear. But obviously, most of us, I think, are probably at some stage we're Brits, so there should be some patriotism. And one of the things that we are seeing is a as a result of these changes, as a result of Brexit, is a lot of domestic construction taking place now. So because of some of the supply issues, we're seeing new businesses spinning out and starting to construct door frames and doors in the UK, as opposed to importing them from Spain, which has been going on for years. The same yeah. as it's happening with kitchens and bathrooms in the UK instead of Italy. And this all really augurs well for the UK economy over the next yeah. five, 10 years. It's, it's fascinating to see how it, how these big changes, like a, a decision regarding, you know, uh, independence from the European market, may have an initial detrimental effect on supply, but then creates and regenerates industry in the UK, and that that really does all go well for the future, and it's uh, something we're all excited about. Yeah, definitely, and genuinely excited. Genuinely, mm. I think it's you know it's really really encouraging. We were now producing we're investing in a business that's producing our own doors for example you know in derby you know that's oh, a, a local business and that's something that's going to employ probably 25 people by the end of the year that's cool. and that's, that's that's new manufacturing i mean we want to get to a point where we're, we're kind of really waving the uk flag you know we want to be able to say you know developments you know sort of uh, you know built from uk products you know uk product uk labor um you know that, that's something i'm very very keen to, to bring forward and think that is the way forward but you know, and from a developer perspective, the more control you've got over your supply chain, the better. Yeah, I think you know to finish off on, on the kind of supply. You know, why are we seeing this? You know, supply chain uh, problems. Yes, COVID took out a big um, piece of the supply, 
We also had a UK um, DIY boom as we did as they did a lot across Europe. Yeah. Uh, you know, so a lot of the uh, B and Qs took out huge amounts of supply. You know, I mean the B. I don't know about you, but I've gone to B and Q out to study twenty minute queues just to sort of buy a piece I needed for a tap the other week. You know, it's just you know, it's ludicrous. Alongside that, you've got Brexit, so you've got all this sort of you know the delay of getting stuff into the UK. You know, we're building our own doors because I've got 585 doors stuck in Croatia, for example. So you know, which I can't get in the UK. So you know, all these are it's like the perfect storm just to sort of you know. To, but as David said, what's come out of that is a huge amount of um, impetus to, to get you know the UK manufacturing um, underway, which is it's already happening. That's great. And as you said, you know, supply and demand, free market forces. Um, if there's a demand, the supply will be made to meet it. So um, that's interesting. I didn't, that's interesting about the, the dual company. I didn't know that. Um, but okay, guys, we'll go into our last three questions. And these ones have got to be quick. Um, they're just, they're all on sites. So we've got one on Mansfield, one on uh one on Broad Oaks and then one on Smithfield. So just on Mansfield, the hive. Just, just, could we just determine which ones you'd want me to answer and David to answer? Because I've got an 11 o'clock meeting, so I'm, I'm going to have to leave this now. Surely, well, so there we go. What, what, why don't we say goodbye to you and uh, we'll, okay. we'll be the last 10 minutes with David. Um, it would be it would be good to hear from him, actually, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I haven't been that bad. No, I've tried to keep my I've tried to keep my answer relatively to things. You know, it's been it's been wonderful, and I think that's exactly why people tune into these sorts of things, and it's exactly why you know you guys used to come over and meet clients before COVID is because they get to hear that from you. You know, they get to hear exactly what's going on, what you guys are doing, your experience, how you'd be doing it, and it's all great information for people. So. Thank you very much. Appreciate it as always. And um, we'll get the next one booked in uh, after the call. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for joining. I hope that was useful. Thanks guys for organizing. Uh, there's another question popped about Norfolk. So that'd be a good one to cover as well. Awesome. Okay. All right. Thank Cheers, Joe. Thanks. Bye-bye. 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 Okay. David. Um, I, just, just want to be, I just want to be, in fact, I'm going to have to leave this on, I'm afraid with a blank screen, I'm mindful on the host and what I don't want to do is end meeting for all. Why don't, why don't you okay. switch it to Callum as the host, yeah. maybe? Make, make me the host. Okay. Because yeah. that, that would be typically something that, that happens, right? You would, you would leave. Oh, yeah. It's all going it, so yeah. well and then all of a sudden I just cut it off for everyone struggling okay. to... Uh, panelists, right. Okay, so David, um, what just on uh, the, the Hive site... Uh, Mansfield versus Nottingham. I'm the host now. Cheers, Joe. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Um, oh, there we go. Uh, so yeah, so Mansfield versus Nottingham City Centre. You know what? What? That's a good question. What would your comments or thoughts be on that? I, I think I think the simple answer is Nottingham City Centre would be better than Mansfield. Um, but that would be shown up, shown in a price differential as well. So um, there's a boom taking place in the East Midlands with, without question, and that's radiating out from Nottingham. And so it's affecting the little satellite towns like Newark to a certain extent, Leicester um, and Mansfield and so on. So, so there's benefit everywhere. But again, with an investment property, we mustn't get too sentimental about the location. Yeah. It is all about, does the price point make sense? 
And is the yield that's being anticipated really realistic and achievable? And then the, the economic environment around the, the location, will that support rising yields? You know, is there going to be a, an increasing demand for property, which means that rents will rise? And, and Mansfield's got a very strong story around that at the moment. So um, it, it represents very good value. Obviously, you can get comparable value on the satellite areas of Nottingham and, and out in the sticks around Nottingham. But Nottingham city centre is always going to be markedly more expensive than Mansfield. So, so comparing Mansfield with, for instance, Carlton, where we had, and then Sherwood, where we had our, our projects relatively recently, the, the price points are the same and the expectations for yield are the same. And there's some compelling reasons for why we think the rents are supportable at those rates. So um, it's down at the end of the day to where the, where the supply is. And at the moment, uh, whilst we're very actively looking, we haven't got anything in Nottingham. So, so uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to compare Mansfield with Nottingham today because there isn't anything that we can offer there that has a comparable price point and, and yield prospect. And, and uh, yeah, I think that's a very good point. You know, you um, firstly, you know, there's not really the space to or the land, as you say, to be doing new build off plan stuff in Nottingham city centre. And if you were to do it, it would require buying expensive land, which would push up the price of these units. You know, so if you're looking for a more entry level pay on pay monthly type approach, then you're not really going to get that in Nottingham. Whereas further out. And, and- Interestingly, as well, we've got obviously the hive is is live, <laughs> um, and whereas our Nottingham projects um, are, you know, a, a, they're a year out of date now. And whilst we're not saying that you can get rip roaring growth in these places, what we have seen in Nottingham is price rises, you know, quite significant price rises over the last twelve months. So if we were offering Sherwood again today, there's no doubt that the prices would be higher. You know, so it's 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 a it's an interesting compa- comparison. There is the prices are edging up in these key areas like the East Midlands and the West Midlands, um, and that you know it's it's really well supported these price rises, and it, and and we just see that carrying on for a while yet. It, it is a hundred percent. And again, if you um, uh, go and watch my video, guys, on buying a property, I know everyone's dead keen to see that, but. Uh, we tried to buy a property, like I was saying earlier, it was £120,000. And then just a few weeks, a month later, the same area was £130,000. And that was in Nottingham, a bit of a rundown area, but in Nottingham city centre, in the inner sort of city area. So prices really are rising that quickly. And if you go and do your own research, you will see that for yourselves. So don't just take our word for it. Um, last two, uh, Down and Market, Norfolk, um, obviously, solid Cambridge commuter location it's your you know you're doing homes there as well as as units um can you tell us a little bit about that why that's a we've got existing um broad oaks buyers and then we've got I think some potential people looking at it as well so why why is that a great site and why have you guys gone down I think prosperity I'm bound to bound to be positive about prosperity you'd say wouldn't you but prosperity has stolen a march I think on the investor market uh, with down and market as a as a project offering, um, and I, I would credit because he's not listening. I'll, I'll credit Joe with that um, because Joe I think saw an opportunity twelve months ago 
under COVID, under this pandemic, where there was definitely a flight to space of people were saying, I don't want to live in city centres anymore. I want some green fields around me. I want places for my children. And, um, and Joe decided, a bit of a risk, but decided why not take the investor market proposition to houses and let's go and develop a site in an area where prices are relatively modest, but there are some really good drivers. One of the key drivers there is, is Cambridge and the proximity to Cambridge very good railway links um, into Cambridge and just Cambridge growing as a, an area with the, the technological industry that is growing in infrastructure all the time. Um, Air Force bases nearby as well. So people on Air Force bases looking to, to live in their own homes rather than on a site. And these, these are the big drivers for us in, in, uh, in Cambridge. But the, the key thing was let's try and offer our investors, particularly our expatriate investors and our foreign national investors. And we haven't talked about the huge amount of money coming into the UK from Hong Kong at the moment, but that, that is a big driver for the UK market as well at the moment. But yeah. um, these people have, have been fascinated by, by the idea that you can buy a house as opposed to, to an apartment, secure the price for something that's gonna be delivered two years from now, um, and and end up with a, a house which you can then invest out to a nice solid investor market without the incumbent costs that you have with an apartment of leasehold costs and you know uh, ground rent etc. And um, uh, and and so we went into that market in January, and my expectation was, um, oh, I'm not sure whether this is a good time to be doing this. And as I say, this this just underlines this, the advantage of having a, a very successful property entrepreneur heading up the business because he saw something that the majority of other people didn't see. And that was that there would be a big demand for this type of product. So we've launched a site there with 300 homes um, with an expectation that we'd sell those you know, over the next three years progressively. And we've now already sold over 150 of them. Now that that really exceeded anyone's expectation when we launched it in mid-January. Yep. So it shows the appetite for that type of property. Any type of property, I think there's a an appetite so long as the fundamentals are right. The and location it, is so, so important. It's those fundamentals again. Those 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 pesky fundamentals we were talking about earlier. And I think. Um, you know, just to reiterate, uh, prosperity and you guys, you know, the only people that allow people to buy property on the drip or monthly, but they're, they're most certainly the only people allowing people to buy freehold houses on the drip as well. I mean, it's a totally unheard of concept, you know. I mean, I was looking at other um, new build freehold houses around the UK as, as, as comparisons, and they all need much, much larger deposits and they're not in as good a location. So they're the only people that will allow you to do that. Um, so I think that's very important to remember. And as you say, you know, it's a when you're trying to be successful in building your property portfolio in life in general, you know, it's not just about what you can do, but it's about surrounding yourself with a team of people that make you better and, and are better at the things that you can't do. And I think that's something Joe is very good at. Like you say, he's he's been doing it for such a long time and he's always been successful in that. And um as you say, you know, this most most recent site is a good example of that. And if you can work with people like 
Joe and David, ourselves, look at our knowledge, look at our research, and you can start building an idea yourself, and then you can make informed decisions on these sorts of things. So um, there we go. One more question on Smithfield. Thanks, thanks for that, David. I think that was, that was great. Um, last chance, guys, if you've got any questions, chuck them in the, in the chat or in the, uh, the question box. If not, we'll do this, and one more has just come in. Smithfield, David, where are we with that? The Birmingham Smithfield Smithfield side. Um, Smithfield is, uh, uh, if I'm frank, one of our great frustrations. Um, we um, we first bought a, uh, a piece of land in the Smithfield Markets area. In fact, I can remember going to see the piece of land and the building um, as long ago as 2015, and uh, the initial site was a property called Bradford House and we were um, buying a piece of a, a building where we were going to apply for 61 apartments to be built in there and thought it would be a really straightforward project that we'd deliver in about mid-2019 and, and here we are and still, still haven't done that um, but we continued to acquire land in that area. Um, Smith, Smithfield fundamentally is a fantastic project Fantastic opportunity, um, but it is such a dynamic um, situation there because of its proximity to HS2. Um, so Smithfield, we own about 10%, 10 of the, the total land area of Smithfield and Birmingham City Council own about 80% of the rest. Um, and Birmingham City Council didn't really see the, the golden nugget that they had there and, until we started applying for planning permissions. Joe, um, you, and, you and Joe did. <laughs> so, well, I, I think possibly not as much as it's become. So um, the whole thing now is being um, uh, redeveloped and the Birmingham City Council are completely committed to redeveloping that whole area of land with the view of migrating some of Birmingham City Centre's core infrastructure further south into that area because of course this infills the, dis the position between the Bullring and Grand Central Station and the areas that we know as Birmingham and HS2. So there's going to be a whole new community growing there. Um, but because Birmingham City Council are now so excited about it and have created this new um, huge map of what they want to do there and that is accessible on you know if you google smithfield markets you'll be able to see the the master plan that's out there for, yeah there's a good video uh, for the, uh, yeah and it's and it is hugely exciting but the 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 infrastructure load that is there at the moment is so enormous and of course that's been the whole progress has been suppressed by um covid um, and uh, undoubtedly, whilst developers in the uh, property market have been able to, to, to benefit from the COVID issues over the last 12 months, um, up until recently, certainly, Birmingham City Council and general government bodies have um, just seemed to implode during COVID. They, uh, they didn't have the capacity to... Uh, to grant planning permission in the normal way that they would. They weren't ready for Zoom calls. The councillors didn't hey, well, have mobile you, phones. We weren't very ready about an hour ago, were we? So no, they're not the only to a death, you know. so, so Smithfield will happen. What's the timescale? Um, I'm 
I'm tired almost of, of trying to provide solutions uh, for our investors on this because so many times I've made um, assertions that I felt were right and they've proven to be wrong. But we're told at the moment by Birmingham City Council that our final planning application, which was perfected and, uh, and dispatched to them at the end of March, will be signed off this year, whatever that means, hopefully by the end of this year. Um, for our Smithfield investors, what does that mean in terms of construction? I think we have to say that the earliest we're going to be delivering any apartments in Smithfield is going to be two and a half years from now. I think that, that has to be the expectation. Yeah. Um, which is frustrating, just as frustrating for us as it is for our ind individual investors. But um, it will be worth waiting for. But yeah. I fully understand some people haven't got the propensity to wait. You know, they're frustrated. They need to have their money working for them in a more obvious way, generating income, whatever it is. Sure. So we're happy to talk to clients on an individual basis if, if they want us to. And, and, and I know we have in the past with a number of different of your clients. So, um, you know, we could set up Zoom calls or, or meetings and, and come up with different alternatives. That's it. Yeah, I mean... The the guys at Prosperity, you know, it's one of the reasons we like working with them and as to our clients is because they are very flexible. I mean, you don't get to have a Zoom call with, um, you know, head honchos. Am I allowed to call you head honchos? Of, um, you know, big, big, big UK development companies uh, like this. So they're very accessible, um, which is great. And they do look after APW clients because we've known them for a long time. So, um, you know... This is not just Smithfield, but with any development, and David probably won't like me saying this, but you know, if you do want something to be different, or you do want to ask us, you know, just ask us, and we'll see what we can do. You know, we're not saying we'll we'll change change the world, but we'll certainly try our best to make things work for you because we want people to buy property because that's that's you know that's what we're here to do. You know, prosperity, develop them and sell them. We introduce people to them and give you the research and hopefully lead you to make a good decision about it. So. We're all trying to achieve the same thing here. But anyway, last question, everyone, you'll be pleased to hear. We've got no more coming in. Um, no, it's been been great, David, as, as usual. Thank you. Just last question. Will you be doing any similar projects to Broad Oaks? And by similar, I assume that's houses, um, you know, maybe yeah. southeast. But how, will you be doing any houses anywhere? Yes, we're very, very close. I can't be specific about the area. Apart from the fact that just, just the uh, it is it is east east of England, uh, so not far from Downham Market, but uh, you know within fifty miles, let's say. Um, and uh, we have we're right on the cusp of securing a deal to do something very very similar um, again because of the success of Downham. So, real um, very and exciting. We, and we will no doubt get exclusivity for a while. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Yes. Perfect. So. Thank you. All right then, guys. Well, there we go. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks again, uh, David. As usual, that was brilliant. I think um, we've covered off a lot of the prosperity-specific developments. You know, your USPs. Why you guys are a good company. I think there's heaps and heaps of stuff uh, in there just for people that are new to property and some gems you can take away as to fundamentals to look for you know, goals, things to be looking at. I mean, Joe talking about the way he's doing it and um, 
I certainly find that interesting because he's been so successful with it. You know, he'd be a good person to replicate. Um, so lots in there. Thank you so much. And if we can do another one in, in a month or so, that would be great. And then hopefully, yeah, no, maybe, no. who knows, you guys will be allowed over to Singapore and the Far East before the end of the year. Yeah, I'd love to come back over, there's no doubt. So, um, but yes, thank you for the, those of you that have stuck it out for an hour and a half or whatever. But uh, I hope you found some of it useful. Superb. Thank you very much, David. We'll speak soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And have a good evening or good morning, wherever you are. Bye.